Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Hello and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I hope you've been tuning in these last number of weeks as we have begun a really important and an amazing series called Healing Life's Hurts through understanding forgiveness. I believe there are many, many people today walking around dealing with hurts in their lives that they've never honestly dealt with. Or if you're part of the uh, kind of a religious world, you may have been exposed to some teaching that says you must forgive or God's going to get you. And so you do a quick, I, I forgive kind of terminology, but your heart was never in it. Therefore, still carrying around probably a heavy burden of unforgiveness that you may not be aware of. This series is designed to address that. This series is designed to bring some hope, some inspiration, and some encouragement so you as an individual can find healing in your own personal life. Today, what we're going to be talking about uh, is the why we need to forgive. Why we need to forgive is often not addressed. We see that the Bible sometimes says forgive because that's pretty clear and it's pretty blunt. But why? Why do we need to forgive? I'd like to know the why. I know at different places where I've worked, I've had bosses and instructors tell me, hey, Mike, do this, do that, and I sometimes thought, well, I don't understand why, so maybe I won't. Well, that sure came back to bite me pretty bad. I remember being at camp one time, and uh, I had been asked to do a number of things, and the, uh, the one person in charge said, Mike, I would rather you do this. Well, that's great. He used the words, I would rather which still left a little bit of wiggle room for me to decide what I wanted, so I took my way. Then I got in trouble for rebellion. I got in trouble for not obeying, and I wanted to know the why. And when they discovered what was really happening, um, it brought tremendous growth to my life. I began to address um, uh, instructions from others differently because my lens changed. Well, if we're going to forgive, I'd like to, I'd like to discuss the why. Why is it's so important to forgive? Well, I'm going to give you a couple uh, quick answers because uh, this week and next week, we're going to deal with this subject of why. So number one, uh, for if you're taking notes, is this. We forgive for the sake of holiness. We are to obey and forgive. The Bible clearly says forgive. So there's an instruction there. But I also want you to not run away from the word obey. I know in many cultures, and especially in the church world, it's almost like a swear word when you say obey, because nobody wants to submit. Nobody wants to listen to somebody else. They want their own opinion. They want to do what they want to do. But what if Christ in us uh, is speaking a message of love to us, 
encouraging us to follow an instruction that's for our good. And I think that's what's going on here. Forgiving for our good. So first of all, it's the idea of obedience. Number, number two, the reason we forgive is for our own sake, not for the other person. When we forgive, it's us who is set free from a prison. If you don't forgive somebody, you're stuck in this really huge prison. And unfortunately, you're the only prisoner in that entire jail. So we forgive out of uh, for the reason of obedience because we've been instructed to forgive and we forgive our own healing. Now, just because it's been given as an instruction, um, don't think God didn't give you the tools. God gave us the tools to be able to forgive and it may be more hope-filled than you ever thought. Yes, it is possible. We have been equipped to forgive. Ephesians uh, 4 verses 26 to 29 Uh, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation because this is incredible. Listen carefully. But don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge. Not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. If you, or sorry, if any one of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious, earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts or constructive that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. So, this uh, whole idea of watching what we say and and don't let your emotions control you. Folks, when we um, are kind of drawn into a a mindset of not wanting to forgive because we've been authentically, deeply hurt by someone, um, it can lead to a buildup of resentment. And if it's not dealt with, it's going to keep building and building and building. I like this idea of be angry, but do not sin. (laughs) Let me read back from the passion. It says, but don't let the passions of your emotions lead you to sin. Another translation says, uh, don't become, uh, when you become angry, don't sin. So there, there is permission to express an emotion called anger. Unfortunately, in the church world um, that is all about being nice, uh, there's a horrible, horrible misconception or um, uh, thought implied that we're not allowed to get angry. Yes, you are. You better be able to get angry. There are things we ought to be angry at, and I wish the Christian world, the true Christian world, would get angry at the right things. Not people, but the things that hurt people. Injustice. Angry at at, uh, people having to be poor. Angry uh, at tyrants who guide and control and run countries that uh, hurt people. Like these are there there are places we're allowed to be angry. So don't think you're not allowed to get angry. Angry is not a sin. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe how many times I have heard from pastors or teachers or counselors that uh, angry, being angry is is 
basically a sin. They may not have said it in a blunt way, but they've implied it because they're afraid that people act out of their anger. Well, if anger is not resolved, here's the reason why uh, don't let your passions uh, lead you to sin. If the anger is not resolved, if the issue is not resolved one way or another, it will lead us to sin. And when I'm using the the word sin, I'm talking about missing the mark, missing the mark of how you see God, missing the mark of how you believe God sees you, missing the mark of how you see others, and missing the mark of how God sees the other person that you think you're mad at. If we don't forgive... And we're going to show you in this series how to, after we unpack what forgiveness is not, um, you're going to find there is hope for you, especially if there are things being hindered. Um, there's, there's a Bible verse that talks about, don't let the sun go down on your anger, get it all done. The text we just read just said, not even for a day before the sun sets. Why? Why do we need to deal with these things? Even if it's just between you and your Heavenly Father, and that is the key, even if You resolve it between you and your Heavenly Father. You may never be able to resolve it with the other person. It's very possible. But it can be resolved between you and your Heavenly Father as you internally choose to forgive and leaving the outcome and the process of what that journey may look like to your Heavenly Father. This is really, really important. So why? Why again do we do this? It's because we don't want it to fester. We don't want this this anger to fester into a bitterness that can cripple our experience of God. It'll cripple our relationships with others. When we allow bitterness to settle in, here's what's going to happen. Let me uh, just pick on a husband and wife for a moment, Uh, a spousal couple. They never fight, do they? Well, they surely do. I'm certain there are disagreements. Some are a little more animated than others. But here's the key. If there's something that ticks off one of them one morning and the other person leaves the toothpaste um, lid off and you've got goo and toothpaste on the counter, but then takes off to work, the other spouse comes and looks. Did you notice I didn't say which spouse? (laughs) So the other spouse comes and sees that and gets really frustrated. So there's a a very, very minuscule anger or upsetness that begins. It can turn into really bad anger later. But then there's a, it starts to pile up. Uh, something else is left on the floor, and pretty soon the one spouse who is seeing all these flaws is building up a resentment reservoir. And uh, by the time uh, their uh, spouse, partner comes home, or by the time they see them the next time, suddenly they snap and, and yell at them for something. And the other person's going, for what? Well, was it the toothpaste tube? Was it uh, the stuff laying on the floor? It was all of it. And so it builds up. Now, here's what can happen. Let's say you don't talk about it. Let's say you go to bed and you say, I need to be nice. I need to be compliant and I need to serve. And, you know, this is about loving one another. So I'm just going to overlook it and never address it. Well, the other person may not have a clue that this that it is frustrating. And so a day or two goes by and maybe a week goes by. And suddenly there's another issue that comes up because we all have our own expectations. They get angry. They get upset. And they don't remember the emotion from a week ago of the buildup of all these little micro frustrations being built. And pretty soon you forget uh, when a really, really big blowout happens that it's not the big blowout that was the problem. 
It was the buildup of all these micro thoughts that you did not deal with or surrender or forgive. And it built up resentment and more and more resentment. Take a look in Cain in the Old Testament. Unresolved anger led him to murder. And that happens today. Unresolved anger can lead to all these kinds of things. Like in our spousal relationships, in your family relationships, harboring anger against your spouse will deeply impact your marriage and your family. Yes, your whole family can be impacted. Then we deal with uh, uh, at work. If you have an, um, uh, a fellow employee that you're mad at or a boss even that you're mad at, if you don't learn to resolve some of these issues... It's going to lead to you suffering at work, coming home bitter, um, being bitter towards your family because of something at work. You're carrying all these frustrations, and it's the pile's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Your backpack of difficulties and, and uh, complaints is growing. I know people, they walk into a room, and they're instantly just flat-out negative. Um, they, they're not drawing people to themselves. They're repelling people. And usually, it's because of a built up and a piling up of resentment, um, issues that are not addressed or surrendered. Some issues you got to address or you're going to have a hard time living in the same home or working in the same place. It'll, uh, your, your bitterness can uh, hinder your work performance. You'll physically get stress. It'll, stress will build into a physical ailment, which if you do any scientific studies on this stuff, when we do build these things up, it affects us physically, often in the stomach. That's where one of the key places of, of storing all this uh, stress uh, takes place. When we come back to the second half of today's program, we're going to continue looking at uh, why we need to forgive and that it is for our benefit. So don't go away. Here's a word from our sponsors of whom I am super thankful for. Thanks again. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. We are covering the topic of why do we need to forgive? In the first half of the program, we're talking about the uh, the reasons why that we're called to forgive for the sake of obedience, because we've been instructed in Scripture to forgive, but we've also get, been given tools, which we're going to talk about in the series. Plus, we're talking about forgiving because it is for our benefit. And we ended the last half uh, talking about the um, dealing with unresolved anger and how it leads to things. We talked about Cain in the Old Testament does his jealousy and, and anger built up and it ended up causing him to murder his brother and then spouses and having difficulty employees. He even, even in church, folks, you think church is such a happy place? I, I don't know. Uh, I think sometimes we overrate 
church. Um, if there's a body of believers and people getting together that are learning to live in harmony, that's great. But sometimes the church system, the system of rules and regulations that um, tries to keep people in control, that will frustrate you. But even in that community, when we have issues that we don't resolve, anger builds up. In my role as a pastor, uh, usually I'm a target for people that are frustrated. Sometimes I've, sometimes I've done nothing wrong, even though there are accusations. And I'm thinking, where did it all come from? And I realize, looking back now, things have been building for a long time. And even something so small as uh, somebody feeling hurt that they never got a phone call uh, can lead to feeling unloved, resented, and uh, people walk away and it creates a lot of trouble. Uh, people switch churches so fast because they've got stuff unresolved. They go church hop and they think, oh, I found greener pastures. Well, maybe it's not so much a greener pasture as uh, it's just a new fresh start and you've totally walked away from your issues. This is, again, all because of unresolved anger. So what are we to do then? Listen to this from Ephesians 4, verse 30 to 32. It says here, The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So, never grieve the Spirit of God. Ooh, let me read that again. So, Never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. Uh, the Greek in the Greek manuscripts have the uh, uh, line "Do not grieve," while the Aramaic text reads "Do not limit its scope." And this, uh, I believe, this is the Passion translation captures both essences of what this verse is trying to say. Lay aside, verse 31, lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate towards one another. God has graciously forgiven you. Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Let me read that last sentence again. Has God graciously forgiven you? I read it wrong previously. Has God graciously forgiven you? The answer is yes. Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Uh, a couple weeks back, uh, I did a. Uh, I touched on the topic in the series of the source of our forgiveness. I talked about the fact that we have already been forgiven, and the reason that is so important is because this verse, Ephesians four thirty to thirty two, is telling us: Has God forgiven you? The answer is yes. Then, in the same way, forgive others. It's not out of our own strength we do this. This is done in the strength of Christ who lives in us. Forgiveness. The normal word used is afami or to let go or pay a debt, but that's not the word used here. The uh, charizomai uh, is the Greek word of grace, receiving unmerited, freely, freely forgive, no conditions. Freely have you been graced, freely grace. That, that's a pretty powerful word. So really, this text is saying, grace others just as God has graced you. 
Well, we do need to stop and take stock of how we have been graced. Usually, we stop and think, why am I not getting my needs met? Why am I not getting my way? What about my feelings? What about my emotions? What about blah, 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 blah? All the self-ego um, thinking, self-absorbed, when really grace is other-centered. Love is other-centered. Agape is the word for love in Greek, and it means others-centered. It is the actual definition of God, that God's DNA is love. Wow. You cannot love until you have first known love. That's why at the beginning of the series, and if you weren't part of this earlier, please go online to stillgrowingingrace.ca. There'll be a link to a YouTube channel uh, where you can go back and see all these videos that are being shared with you. This is all being recorded, or there's a link to a podcast. You can listen to the audio. I'm laying a foundation that is critically important. This is not a vending machine series where you put your toonie in or your dollar in or $2 in, and within 20 seconds, out pops your beverage or chocolate bar or chips. Not at all. This is a long process of wrestling with something that is not to be simplified. Yes, in one way it is simple, but the journey of letting the message of grace permeate your heart so you believe it, so you know you're loved, and then we know how to love. In the same way, we cannot forgive until we have first known forgiveness. You need to know you're loved by the source of the forgiveness of God, Jesus. You also need to know you're forgiven so that you can, in the same way, forgive others. If you don't even know those things, you got to go back and pause and stay there until you catch up and grow up with this message of grace and forgiveness. Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Ephesians 4, 30 to 32. Here's some insights we need to take, need to take a look at. Being in a state of continuous forgiveness is what this is talking about. Ephesians 4. Can we and is it possible to, to arrive at a place of continuously forgiving those around us? Um, somebody bumps into us. Are we snapping at them? Are we, um, are we sick and tired of our loved ones uh, still dropping their clothes on the floor or not putting the dishes away properly or not filling up the car with gas, always leaving it on E for enough? Um, all these things can add up. But as we discover God's love, of us, and as we discover his absolute forgiveness of us, we will come to grow to, into a place where we will continually forgive. I drive a lot, and I, I use a lot of sermon illustrations from driving because some drivers just drive me crazy. I see terrible driving out there. I get frustrated, but I promise you, the last couple of years, as I've been teaching and, and learning this, my patience level has greatly increased. My foot has come off the gas pedal more. I don't sit behind someone's bumper when they're going too slow like I used to because I'm realizing, wait a minute, that could be my daughter. That could be somebody else. There's something I don't know going on. Why can't I exercise my patience instead of trying to exercise rights? Yep. We are in a world that's consumed with wanting to exercise your rights. You have a right to this. You have a right to that. Well, let me break some news to you and I. We don't have those rights. We may have human rights and all that stuff, but we have Christ who has given himself up. We, in the same way, have given up ourselves and given up the rights to be right. 
We've given up the right to all those so that we can love. Now, that may sound radical, uh, because it is. God calls us to the now, to right now forgive. And that means forgive everyone, even those people we can't stand. There is hope, folks. You can forgive somebody who has horrifically hurt you. Okay? And we're going to show you how how to do that, but also um, the steps you can take for personal healing. It has nothing to do with the other person right now. This is just between you and your Heavenly Father. By the way, it is you that has to do this. It's not an option enough to say, hey, God, will you forgive this person? Will you forgive that person? That's not what we're talking about. It isn't an option. It's a command. It's not tied to feelings or emotions or circumstances. If only you know what they did to me, you wouldn't be able to forgive them either. You're right. But we're not talking about circumstances or emotions. We are talking about the act of forgiveness. What if you're hearing hope? Can, can you hear it? Can you hear that there is hope to be able to forgive, but the definition of forgiveness and how to forgive may be very different than what you may have thought? There is a better way. There is a positive way to walk through this. We walk in the state of forgiveness because we are a new creation in Christ. This is really good news today. This is not easy. Don't think for a moment it's easy. And just because I'm, sh I'm sharing with you Bible verses that say you ought to do this, you're supposed to do that. Don't think I'm trying to sugarcoat this and, and make you do something that you're not ready to do yet. The Holy Spirit does that work. The Holy Spirit does that work in you to prepare you to be able to forgive. He doesn't just call us to obedience for holiness sake, but he calls us to do that which needs to be done for our good. What if forgiveness was always intended for your good, your healing, your hope? Think through this week before we come back next week with more good news. What uh, circumstance can you not forgive? And ask Jesus to deal with that issue in your heart this week. Thank you for taking time to tune in today. We'll catch you next week, same time. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030. And the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com. And they do have that great coffee. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener. And you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. 
If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.